You are listening to The Forecast, Season 1, Episode 18. The Merseyside Derby is the longest running top flight derby in England. And whilst in years gone by, it might have been described as the friendly derby, in the Premiership era, it's become the most violent in the league, with more red cards than any other fixture. Liverpudlians have their own unique identity. As the old saying goes, we're not English, we're Scouse. And football on Merseyside is unique too. There's no religious, political or ideological reasons for supporting one team or the other. There isn't even a geographical reason, with just half a mile of Stanley Park separating Anfield and Goodison. And, whilst Anfield might be famous the world over as the home of Liverpool now, it was actually Everton who were the first team to play there back in the 1880s. With no clear reason to support one team or the other, families in Liverpool will often be made up of both blues and reds. And in many ways, this is what makes up the essence of the rivalry. Ask an Evertonian about Liverpool, and they'll tell you that Reds fans are from Norway or Ireland. Ask a Red about Evertonians and they'll say they're all from Wales. But go to Liverpool on Derby Day and you'll see that everyone supports one or the other. It's in the very fabric of the city. You can hear, see and smell it everywhere you go. In a town where everyone talks football non-stop, where everyone has a wicked sense of humour and where people live and work with supporters of the other side, the Derby really, really matters. If you lose, you know your life is going to be hell until the next game. I think our manager hates the international break now as well, doesn't he? Oh, listen, didn't you didn't didn't you get excited about the game against Lithuania? I mean, that was I mean, oh, it was so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't I mean, even I got the game. You know, no, I didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's such um, it's it's a time bomb almost international week. I mean, you 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 almost always expect some form of bad news injuries yeah it's, it's just it's always happens to liverpool players why do they get injured on international duty it actually happens nearly every single time without fail it's almost always the england ones as well isn't it it's rarely the players who come from other countries it's almost always the ones who are in the england setup that seem to get injured has, yeah. it, has it something to do with them being made of sterner stuff i don't know it might be but, um <laughs> Maybe there is something wrong with the England setup because obviously we had all that problem with Daniel Sturridge many years ago. It's the second time Adam Lallana's got injured. Uh, so yeah, you, listen, you can't use Dar- D- Daniel Sturridge as a reference point. <laughs> he, 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 he's he's not a good not a good example as an England player that's going to get injured. No, I think that's, that's, a, that's, that's a genetic given. problem. I think that's a genetic problem. Yeah, yeah. I blame Jamaica. <laughs> 
Have you noticed how Sterling stopped having injury issues on international breaks since he left Liverpool? Hmm. I suppose it's a good point. You can't blame Klopp for that. That was that was <laughs> a dear wee Brendan. <laughs> so what's he managed to sort out? Is he doing more time in the gym or what? Is he physically stronger? Or there's something that he's doing at City that's uh, giving him, uh, you know, stronger tissues and muscles and... Probably older. Probably older, stronger, more mature. Um... You know, it, it, when you get a little bit older, you know, your bones and muscles have settled and you don't get as injured as much, I think. Okay. Okay. Now, so in our previous show, and uh, if you haven't already listened to the previous show, shame on you. So <laughs> go and listen to that show immediately after this one. So that's a direct order. So we've actually pre, uh, already previewed the, the Liverpool-Everton uh, derby, uh, and, and we're not going to cover that um, uh, completely. Um, we're going to have a moment where... Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. How rude of me. I didn't introduce all the guests that are on the show tonight. <laughs> ah, okay, well, uh, again, joining me today is uh, Vez, Keith, uh, Christian, and welcome back to the show, Will. Hello, everyone. Um, and as uh, as I always do, or I should be doing more often, uh, the forecast is the official podcast of Foresight.com. That's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E.com. We're a great online community, or so we like to think so, um, of uh, people who are lifelong reds. Um, and uh, we've got news, discussions, opinions, a great commenting community on the site. So if you're listening to this, if you haven't ever, uh, haven't already come onto the site or participated in the comment section, uh, yes, we, we warmly welcome you. And uh, just don't be put off by the, the resident psychos, Keith uh, and Eric. Speaking of Eric, who is one of our regulars, um, he is unable to, to make it for this show because uh, I think he's having coffee with Marco Van Basten to debate the offside rule or something like this. So, <laughs> does anyone else have any celebrity events uh, for appointments next week that he won't be able to make it? Or? Nope, my calendar's free. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. He's either getting his leg over or he's got the flu, one or the other. Yes, and uh, speaking of the flu, uh, Jason is also down with the flu, so he's unable to make it. And mental is nowhere to be seen. What does he do working at this hour anyway? <laughs> strange, strange. Okay. Okay, where was I? Okay, I've completely forgotten. Right, okay, we were talking about the Merseyside Derby. And uh, maybe to kick things off, um, let me ask this question. How relevant do you think this Derby is uh, today? Um, I mean, when I used to, when I used to follow... Uh, you know, Liverpool, uh, back in the 70s, um, it, it was, it was all, it, it was all the thing, you know, everyone looked forward to it. I mean, people still look forward to, 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 to this, to these, uh, to these games and the return fixture at uh, Goodison. Um, and it was always billed as like the game, you know, the matchup, the derby that everyone needs to watch. Um, and certainly, um, throughout the years, the passion has been there. Um, if not necessarily a high quality of football. Um, 
but times have moved on. Um, we've got the, uh, the the rise to eminence of Manchester City and the, and the Manchester derbies have, have, have risen. Uh, and then, of course, you have the, the London derbies as well, uh, especially between uh, Chelsea, Spurs and uh, Arsenal are in London, aren't they? I don't know. Are they still a London club? Yeah, Arsenal are North London, so they're with Spurs. <coughs> yeah, it was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so with, with the with these three clubs um, duking it out uh, in London, um, you know, some of the shine has gone uh, to those games as well. Um, so, how do you think? How do you think um, the Merseyside derby stacks up against these other football? rivalries and um, I'm going to kick it off with uh, Keith interesting fact you asked firstly how relevant is it today and if you if you look at how many games we've played against Everton when it was the old league division one we actually played them 146 times Liverpool winning 54 draw, drawing 44 and Everton 48 but that 48 is misleading simply because between 1941 and 52, they won 14 of the games, and the other 10 games was like in just at the turn of the century. Since the Premier League, we've played them 49 times, with Liverpool winning 21, 19 draws, and Everton 9. So it looks like most people think who are not born on Merseyside, and who's not really closely in the surrounds, will think, uh, will think, it's not as relevant as it was in the past because we normally win the, 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 the Merseyside derby. Mm-hmm. If we compare it to, say, the London derbies and any other derbies, does a Liverpool fan care what happens to Spurs and, and Arsenal as long as one of them lose that's higher up, that's challenging us? It's always, for all Liverpool fans, I think, for me, the biggest derby is always going to be Manchester United. But... In the old days, in the 70s and 80s, definitely Everton was a major, major thing. Bragging rights on Merseyside, always going to be a, a major thing for any Liverpool and every Liverpudlin. And it always carry on like that. How relevant it is today? Sentimental value, yes. Relevance, I think things have overtaken them at this stage. Okay. Anyone else? I think relevance in terms of league position obviously as Keith was saying has deteriorated a little bit obviously the Manchester clubs have come through and that derby sort of become what Liverpool and Everton was in the late 80s where it was at times it was the top two teams in the country who were the two big teams in the title race and it was that big six pointer to decide pretty much who was going to lift the Premier League crown at the end of the season whereas now the Merseyside derby is nothing like that but you only have to look at the stat that says that this is the Premier League fixture with more red cards than any other fixture in Premier League history. So in terms of being a proper derby match and the kind of match that players get up for and that is you know, as violent as you kind of want and expect a derby match to be and the players really throw themselves into the tackles, yeah. maybe not as much now because obviously Liverpool don't have any scousers in the team, which is a little bit, mm-hmm. I think that's disappointing for some of the local fans. But I mean, we saw a red card last season with Funes Mori and I'd quite like to see another one for Everton <laughs> this week. But yeah, it's... It's 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 what you want from a derby match, which I don't think you really get from the the Manchester derby as much. You know the stakes are high in that game, but 
the players just don't seem as fired up for it as the ones are in the Merseyside derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vez, you want to say anything on this? Well, I think that, uh, as Keith said, that thing about uh, the bragging rights on Merseyside, uh, I think uh, most of us from far away or from from anywhere but Merseyside will we, have trouble in realizing how, just exactly how much it means to, to the people of, of the city of Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, we can uh, feel that passion to an extent, but never as much as they do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think perhaps... Uh, um, the deterioration of, of the importance of the derby uh, is also, to an extent, due to uh, globalization of 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 English football. Uh, of due to fans around the world following English football and and getting more uh, interfacing with English football more, yeah. and getting their their opinions heard. I suppose that's why um, Liverpool Man United might have taken on a bit more significance in recent years because Everton aren't really a global club and they don't really have this massive global fan base, whereas I think Liverpool Liverpool and Manchester United do, especially, I think, in places like Asia. Liverpool and Man U are like the top two teams there. So maybe that's why that fixture's taken on a little bit more significance as well as the, the local rivalry that's obviously there. Yeah, the wee other little club on Merseyside, yeah, the bitters. They, they're not going not gonna to make them any happier. Just no. having a look at that stat, Will, it's really funny. There's been 21 red cards in 49 games. Yeah. In the Premier since uh, since the Premier League inception. So it's it's close, but not quite one a season, pretty much, isn't it? Well, yeah, almost that. Sort of every second every every second game, uh, somebody gets sent off. Yeah, so you imagine that there might be one this weekend. Spitty mm. Mourinho's not playing; he could get sent off as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna talk about that a little bit. But um, there's another thing here: Everton have been awarded one penalty at Anfield in 80 years. In 80 years. <laughs> um, so That's about right. That's the way it should be. Was <laughs> it, one too much? <laughs> that one is too much. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is here, though, is that the the ref, uh, the referee for the derby is Anthony Taylor, and he likes to give a penalty or two. And he also uh, does have a history um, with uh, Liverpool. And uh, in fact, that history was actually quite recent. He pointed the, to the spot twice in favour of Sunderland during our 2-2 draw at the Stadium of Light in January. So maybe it's um, one duck or hoodoo that uh, Everton uh, could possibly <laughs> break this uh, this weekend. Christian, well, I remember that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, obviously, Klopp had a lot of words with Anthony Taylor after that game, so hopefully he might be feeling a bit more sympathetic to Liverpool this time and might try and right the wrongs that happened in that game against Sunderland. I imagine Get the fans to start chanting, we know where your car is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd imagine a lot of managers had words with Anthony Taylor, but um, yeah, that's a, that's a story for another podcast, I suppose. Uh, Christian, you're a fairly new, um, say, follower to 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 this derby games. Uh, I think offline you said that this is your third one, is it? 
Uh, th this will be the third one, yes, and I have to, I, I had to remain rather quiet because I cannot really judge <laughs> the history of those derbies and how um, how it has developed regarding the tension and the relevance and of of all those things. But I think it's it's not that impo not as important as it might have been in the past. I, I always tr try to to compare that to Dortmund Schalke, which is it's it's a, it's a huge game in that area here, and um, I think. It was quite the same, or it could have been quite the same, like like uh, here the Merseyside derby. But um, the problem is, and the decisive question on those derbies is, can they compete with each other, or could it be one-sided? And Everton f seemed to f uh, have fallen a bit behind. Is that correct? Over the past in the past few years? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the the first derby I saw, um, the first one of Klopp was a 4-0, and it was so one-sided, it was laughable. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of the last matches of Roberto Martinez in charge of the, the Blues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be that what happens is either it's one-sided and Liverpool win, or it's a fairly even match and, and Liverpool still win, <laughs> is how the Merseyside <laughs> derby's gone in recent years. But, I mean, Everton have been sort of in and out of mediocrity for quite a while now, haven't they? Because they were sort of, they were relegation battlers, really, in the in the 90s before David Moyes came in. And recently, they've sort of, this has sort of been Everton's resurgence, being close to the top six of the Premier League table. And hopefully that's as far as it gets, I think, as far as we're concerned. But, um, yeah, I think this this Merseyside derby that we've got this weekend is probably one of the more even ones that I think we will have seen in recent years. But, I mean, we said that about the the last one because Liverpool were on a bit of a downward spiral, Everton were on a bit of an upturn in form, and then obviously it all changed and we sort of put them in their place. And uh, hopefully we can do yeah. the exact same this weekend because obviously they're really, strictly speaking, points-wise, they're in better form than we are. It all, and again, it all depends on how Liverpool, which Liverpool turns up. Exactly. No, don't start be... that again. They're going to be very angry, Christian, and they're going to go out there pissed <laughs> off and they'll win. Well, I rely on your forecast, Keith. Finally, it's all, it's all upon you. <laughs> it's interesting that you men mentioned Schalke, uh, uh, Christian. Um, yes. So, obviously, we, we've, we've had enough of Southampton. and uh, Schalkehampton, Schal yeah. Yeah, so Schalkehampton <laughs> now. Um, just to digress a little bit, um, what do you guys think of all this talk now with uh, Dawood no longer going to be on the radar? And thank God, because you know, as I as I commented on this story, um, I'm not going to be I'm not going to need to hear Keith whispering sweetly into my ear, Dawood, Dawood, every five minutes or so. Um, so he's, he's gone. So um, what what do you make of this um, other rumors about? Um, Perisic and Max Meyer from Schalke. Um, yeah, any any legs to this or do, do people actually want Max Meyer? Do they know who he is? <laughs> I think we're going to be yeah. linked with anybody and everybody. And quite frankly, I don't I don't see Klopp talking about who he's going to go after. Mm. Um, I mean, when we brought in Mane, none of us were talking about him, and all of a sudden Mane arrived. So I yep. think he's going to play it quite close to his chest. And I think he's quite happy for everybody 
to link us to everybody in, in, in the Bundesliga and beyond. And I think we're going to have a few surprises. We're going to have a few surprises. Yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, Christian, do you know anything about this boy, Max? Yes, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, he was a, like, a, yeah, like a boomer um, um, some years ago, and then his career stalled a bit. Um, he seemed not to feel really well and, uh, at Schalke because Schalke had, had tremendous problems during the seasons with different coaches and um, Schalke had, had to fire, or well, had to, they, they just did it. They fired many coaches in a very short period of time mm -hmm. and so there was never this constant development which you have seen, for example, under Klopp or Wenger or whoever. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so the childhood was always, yeah, like you say, a roller coaster. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was up and down and up and down and another coach, another coach, another coach. And so Maya could not really de develop there. Mm -hmm. I think he has um, he has struggled with Harald Weinzierl, which is the, is the actual coach. And that's the reason why it's very likely that he will move to the Premier League. Mm -hmm. um, Klopp likes him very much and has openly stated that a couple of years ago when he was still um, in charge of uh, Dortmund, mm -hmm. which was very close to a scandal for Dortmund fans <laughs> when you say something positive about Schalke mm -hmm. or Schalke players. And um, Max Meyer, I know from, um, yeah, how should I say, uh, from the neighborhood here, from the next village, um, one of the boys, he played in the Schalke youth. Right. And Max Meyer was in a team one or two um, levels above that, uh, age in terms of age and he said he uh, he is a very arrogant guy max mm -hmm. meyer mm -hmm. yeah he he crashed his uh, 400,000 euro sports car recently uh, just a year ago or nice. one and a half so that's all you hear about this guy but when you see him playing he's very think about lota mateos in the past so a very powerful midfielder with a very very uh, good shot uh, very good yeah so very good uh, goal threat mm -hmm. and um Pacey, good discipline, very good passing, so in a very good all-rounder, very positive, would would fit very well into Klopp's game. But we keep getting we keep getting linked with all these midfielders. Um, why can't we get linked with some left backs, centre backs, or wingers? As uh, <laughs> Jason commented on the site. <laughs> but James Milner's there. Ooh. Listen, what, what, what have you heard about Dahu? Because I've just, I've just opened a link with us saying that uh, Klopp is not giving up on Dahu. And there's yeah. rumours that he, he might go to uh, Dortmund, but Liverpool are still chasing him. And Klopp That's still wants him. Some really it was a very strange development this morning. Um, this morning it was reported that... In the built, build, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Build newspaper, which is the yeah, um, comparable to Daily Mirror and and Daily Star and all those, but a bit better informed. They are really um, they have developed into uh, into a quite reliable source regarding sport. Normally, mm -hmm. um, they have they have um, said this morning that that Liverpool would enter the game um, the bid game for Dahut with 25 million. Yeah, um, that's it. Head, head on payment plus seven point five million. Five uh, wage yeah. package. Yeah. Yes. So, do we know um, how finalised this proposed deal between Dortmund and De Hood is, or could it be possible that then, if Liverpool 
come in in the summer transfer market and just throw money at Borussia Mönchengladbach that we might actually give ourselves a say in the uh, race to sign Mahmoud Dahoud, or do you think it's just completely finalised and that he will go to Dortmund it's now? Already fi- it's already finalised. Borussia Mönchengladbach has has today announced that uh, yeah. Dahoud goes to BVB, so he has signed the contract. All right, so that, thing, was... that book is closed. But oh, I think the <laughs> there's something wrong about this this announcement from Bild, because you remember Melissa Reddy? Mm-hmm. Um, um, we know from, from her and other sources that Liverpool's interest faded away in uh, by the end of the year. And after that, I remember here, the German sources started in late January or early February to report about Dahut's a preference for for Dortmund, so that was after Liverpool's interest faded away, mm-hmm. not before. So it was obviously our decision that uh, we do not sign him, and not his one. Mm-hmm. Interesting development. That I, I didn't I didn't. Read what, what what do you, what do you guys think of this Hamas Rodriguez uh, tenuous link? I um, it cropped up last summer, didn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know why I can't just call himself James. No, but James. <laughs> James, James great, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, there's so many reports about him. Now it's, uh, it looks like Bayern is the favourite, but this one is still monitoring the situation. I think it's all going to be a lot of BS until the actual transfer window opens. Uh, I think uh, journalists with the, the couple of weeks off now are just looking for news stories. I like him. I like James Rodriguez. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a class act. I tell you what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind him coming uh, to Liverpool. I don't know about his worth ethic, if he fits into... I haven't seen much of him, apart from on the, in, in the internationals and the World Cups and things like that. But, um, you know, anybody that goes to Madrid is not a crap player, let's face it. I mean, I didn't see any issues with his work ethic and um, uh, how many plays in... Uh, yeah. Who does he play for again? Uh, Chile, is it? No, not Chile. Um, uh, Colombia. Colombia. Colombia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. I mean, he, he's the captain, right? He's the captain. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's great. I mean, I, I, uh, Vez may know a little bit more about this guy positionally than me, but I'm not sure. But I see him like a Sanchez, actually, in a way. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like him. Where would he fit in? Where would he fit in at Bayern with Lewandowski there? And there, uh, I find that a strange link. In the cafeteria. he could be a he could be a replacement for Robin as well, couldn't he? Because Robin's getting he's getting on a little bit now, isn't he? Yeah, but in Robin's terms of age, is, 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 does, does Rodriguez like playing wide? Does Rodriguez like playing out wide? I don't know actually. Not really. Oh, yeah, I, I would have thought. I would have thought if anything, he would be a replacement for Lewandowski. But uh, so I just found it a, a bit strange that uh, that it, it's now being reported that it's his preferred destination. No, he can't be a replacement for Lewandowski. He's not a centre forward. You, you know, okay. Lewandowski yeah. is your typical modern number nine, and Rodriguez is something quite different. He, he's the perfect number ten, if you ask me. And. So- uh, Okay. Uh, Joe, was it you that compared him to Sanchez? Yeah. Uh, personally, I think he's more like Özil than Sanchez. Özil, okay. 
I think he's more that creative midfielder than than that relentless attacker like Sanchez. So well, he's versatile as well. That he could he could you know, on the club like he's, he's very he can play across yeah. the front. He's very versatile. Um, that's what he's going to be doing there because uh, I heard that he's going to be toasting the bagels uh, before training. <laughs> Um, so that that role has been clearly marked out for James Rodriguez. So good luck, James. Career suicide. Uh, yes, I, we will we will talk about transfers later. Yeah. But I would like to throw in one thing because I I, I have just caught myself, yeah, dreaming about uh, yeah a marquee signing. We will never see that. We. Klopp will not sign from my, from all I know about this guy and from all my experience following Klopp over the past years, he will never sign a player over 50 million. Mm -hmm. And James Rodriguez is 75 million to be um, said to be, um, yeah, said to be the minimum price for him leaving. So um, if we talk about Virgil van Dijk, that could be an exception. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with probably up to 35, 40 million. Mm -hmm. But I don't see him sign... Yeah. Christian, but but has Klopp ever had the budget to sign a marquee player? It's not he certainly budget. didn't have it. Yeah, but he certainly didn't have it at Dortmund. The, but the, if he's the got the funds and he, and, he, and he wants somebody, would he? Would, 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 is he got set principles to say no, no, I won't pay this much? If he needs somebody, will he pay for him? He don't. If want he's got to the money, kill, he don't want to kill the balance within the team, the psychological balance. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, my, my English is not perfect, I, so I'm, I have to look for the exact no, words. No, it might not be that, that, that ideal, that, but correct. you know, you have a team, and he, he don't want to have somebody standing out too much, yeah, like a superstar, and the rest, yeah, all he tries to 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 um, to treat them all the same as much as possible, which is not exactly possible, but he is very good at that. To keeping this balance within the team and to make them all feel comfortable and and um, appreciated, and when you have one player um, like Matip, for example, who came on a free, okay, and he gets a good wage, everything's good, but then another one comes and he costs 60 million plus double the wages a week. It's not possible. There, you get you get some illness into um, uh, creeping in and uh, jealousy. Then the way you say it, then he's not going to go after Van Dijk. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me reel this back in because yeah. uh, we're going to talk about transfers in, the, in uh, later in the show. So um, just trying to get back to, to the topic at hand, which is the Merseyside derby. We'll, we'll get back to this point uh, later. Okay. Um, but uh, Christian, you mentioned Melissa Reddy. So Melissa, if you're, if you're hearing this baby, we want you on the show. You know I love you so much, right? So too much? Yeah, too much. Okay, anyway. So Merseyside derby. What what is your what is the best memory of um, of, of of the derby game that uh, that you have? What do you any any particular fond memories of uh, of games between Everton and Liverpool that uh, you guys have? Uh, for me personally, uh, I've only really been following football for about seven years, so I obviously haven't got all the the derby memories that obviously you'll have, Joe, like you were saying about following it in the seventies and eighties, but. Um, through sort of various weird circumstances, I haven't really actually got to watch any of them as well. So if uh, 
I know that's sort of a bit of a sin as a Liverpool fan, but I have tried <laughs> as much as I possibly can to watch them. Um, so looking back, I'd say that probably the, the Andy Carroll winner at Wembley is going to be an obvious candidate for it because mm. even though I wasn't watching that game either, I was just following it via text commentary on my phone, even just seeing... Uh, the thing pop up that says goal Andy Carroll 2-1 87th minute you go wild no matter where you are or what you're doing and that was an incredible moment for me but based on the fact that I was actually there to watch it I think I'd say the Sadio Mane winner last season because not only was it brilliant to get the win and get the three points at a time when we were we were still pushing for the title but to do it in such a cruel way Mm -hmm. to Everton as well you know to drag them out and string them along for the whole game and then land a killer blow in the 94th minute was certainly, I think, my favourite moment watching Merseyside derbies. Okay. Uh, Vess, any fond memories of um, games gone by? Well, personally, (laughs) I like those games where we thrashed them properly the best. Okay. Like (laughs) last season 4-0 and stuff like that. Uh, I also like the the one we also won four nil in that thirteen fourteen season. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that that Gerard header that that opening goal and the way he celebrated that face expression of his yeah. pure passion and then delight. Uh, sorry, when was this again? Thirteen who who remembers who remembers uh, when Rafa took us to to Goodison, and he had the temerity to sub Steven Gerrard when when the scores were level, and you could see, hear everybody that was a Liverpool supporter start bitching and moaning and everything, and he brought on Lucas of all people for for Gerrard, and Lucas actually should have scored the winning goal. Uh, and somebody handballed it, and Kite put away the penalty to, for us to win. And afterwards, Rafa said, uh, Gerard was playing with too much uh, heart and not enough head. That's why I pulled him off, and I put on Lucas. Crazy. It was Lucas' debut that? as well, wasn't it? No, I don't know if it was his debut, but uh, I'm not too sure about that. But uh, yeah, it was, a, uh, it was a young 21-year-old Lucas, I think, at the stage. <laughs> It certainly wasn't when he was looked on favourably by Liverpool fans, wasn't it, back then? <laughs> you know, I, I tell you what, he gets such a bad rap. You know, you have the best midfield in the world, Gerard, Alonso and Mascherano. <clears throat> and then everybody says, oh, Lucas is not not up to it. And he's a, a young 21-year-old that's come over from Brazil, still settling, and they say he's not good enough. Yeah, no, who would be good enough against those three? <laughs> I think he's cer- he certainly proved himself, hasn't he? Because he did have he had a very tough start to life at Liverpool, and it wasn't for about three years, I think, that people started to actually realise what he does. Because he's he's not a flashy player either, is he? No, no, no. I I think he's very much underappreciated. But if you look what he's contributed, he's he's done okay. I like the lad. I like the lad. Oh yeah, he's a very nice lad as well. I certainly I don't want to see him go. Have something to say on this? No, he's going. He's going. By the way. Mm. <laughs> I think this is this is the reason. I mean, um, Gerard being substituted for Lucas. I mean, that's the reason why this this game has been completely permanently erased from my memory banks because I can't recall this goal. But um, <laughs> hey, that substitution won us the game. 
Yeah. That substitution won us the game. That's that's where Rafa Benitez was so good at reading games and reading situations and, 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 and nullifying the opposition. True, true. My personal favorite is the 1989 FA Cup final, um, which ended 3-2, 3-3-2 in our favor. Um, I was, uh, yeah, obviously much younger then. I think, Keith, you were probably already 50 uh, at that time in 1989. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> But do you remember this name? You know, you can go off people really quickly, eh? <laughs> you remember this guy, uh, Stuart McCall? Remember him? Stuart oh, McCall. yes, I do. Everton player, yeah. Yeah, he scored both of Everton goals. Um, what's, what was interesting about this game, of course, not just being Stuart McCall, but um, the 1989 FA Cup final was played only five weeks after the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. So it was a, a great, it was a great moment. Well, yeah, it was a it was a significant and poignant moment um, for for the city, and I mean, you even had uh, Jerry Marston from Jerry and the Pacemakers, uh, who who led in a live rendition of "You'll Never Walk Alone," um, and the game itself was was crazy, um, amazing game of football. Um, Aldridge uh, was it Rush? I think Ian Rush scored the first goal, uh, and then uh, Stuart McCall. Uh, with the equalizer on the 89th minute in the 89th minute he scored uh, and then in uh, extra time uh, he scored again uh, and then uh, uh, Rushi with the two goals uh, to seal it uh, for the win uh, for in the, in the in the 89 FA Cup final so that really burned into my into my mind um, one of the greatest matchups uh, not just as a Merseyside derby but in uh, football itself really other than Istanbul and all that. Uh, it was a great, real great game uh, to watch and, and enjoy. Okay, so we have uh, already previewed um, this uh, game uh, in the previous show, as I said, uh, if you haven't already uh, listened to it. Oh, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll try and splice in uh, that, just that segment into this, particular, into this particular podcast so then you can just listen to it on this podcast. I'll, I'll see if we have time. Um, but uh, since that show, um, we've had some um, injury updates, right, uh, after the internationals, of course. So Everton um, looking quite poorly in this, in this regard. Uh, Seamus Coleman is uh, out, obviously. Uh, we wish him all, his best, all the best. Uh, but there was a horrific leg break um, that he suffered. So, but, and he has been a starter as well. So he is out. Um, Funes Mori is out. The world sheds a tear. No one cares. Um, <laughs> Schneiderlin. Sorry? Who will get sent off then? Who will get sent off? Someone else. I don't know. Dayton Baines. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Schneiderlin. Schneiderlin is also a doubt. Um, in their that could be quite a big blow. Um, who else am I missing? Am I missing anyone? Do you know of in terms of injuries? Yes, of course. Our side. Um, uh, Lalana. Henderson. Lalana. Henderson. Uh, uh, no, no. Lalana. That's Lallana, right. Sorry, yeah. Lalana. So Lalana, I think it's we can still compensate um, for for the lack of Lalana. I think La, Lalana um, brings that energy in our midfield. So in the last time he went missing, uh, our form also dovetailed as well. But that's also because we were missing Mane, 
Um, Coutinho was in a in a kind of a funk and hasn't completely uh, gotten back to the to the form that he seems to be showing with Brazil, but not showing in a in a red shirt. Mm. So I'm not sure about that one. I think it's the it's the pace of the game. Uh, he's still you know he's still getting back into the pace of the game, coming back from injury, but. I think I think he's he's going to have a good end to the season, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. How are we going to compensate for the lack of um, uh, Lalana? Okay, before that, um, uh, Will, you you just posted yep. the uh, preview for this game mm-hmm. on the site. Um, so um, everyone listening in, go to the site. Uh, there's a video that uh, Will has posted. He's done his uh, match preview for for this derby. Uh, Will's Corner, Liverpool versus Everton pre-match uh, build-up. Could you take us a little bit through uh, a teaser of um, what you talked about in that game, in your view? Well, I started off, uh, funnily enough, actually, with the injury news and what's been going on at Liverpool, and I sort of covered the various ways that we could compensate for this, the, the lack of Adam Lallana in the team. And one of the ideas I did actually come up with was whether or not, because Emre Jan has been performing so well in the number six role for Liverpool, uh, obviously he has been a bit on and off this season, but in the last few games he seems to have been going through a bit of a resurgence. He's, he's back to the sort of Emre Jan that we saw at the back end of last season when he was dominating the midfield against every team that he faced. Whether or not Jurgen Klopp might actually put Jordan Henderson in the place where Adam Lallana was, provided that Henderson's fit, because obviously... While Henderson's played so well in defensive midfield this season, in the last few seasons, notably the 13-14 season when we were scoring so many goals and Gerrard was playing the number six instead, Henderson did play in that sort of more advanced midfield role and he looked to get forward a bit more and score a few more goals. And he has got that energy and he has got that creativity and the drive to get forward when he is allowed to. So I wouldn't be surprised actually if Klopp does opt to do that and put Emre Jan in the defensive midfield role and then allow Jordan Henderson to roam forward a little bit more. But that's that's the general gist of what the video was. It sort of looked at the injuries, looked at how we might line up and then gave the usual three reasons why I think we probably will beat Everton because I, I am quite confident going into this game. It's, it's a Merseyside derby at Anfield and Everton haven't won one since 1999. So while there is an element of maybe thinking that that record has to go at some point and Everton are going to have to win at Anfield at some point, I personally don't think that this Saturday will be that chance. Why do they have to win at Anfield? Well, they, um, they haven't <laughs> no, won I'm Anfield. Just for... <laughs> no, no, I just said, I just hope it continues. I don't think they ever yeah. should win at Anfield. I actually, I actually agree with you 100%. I think that's what Klopp will do. Um, I think he'll bolster that midfield. You know, there is the old argument that maybe they, 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 they will put Origi up front, move uh, Firmino out wide, and drop Coutinho back. Uh, but I think keeping the same front three and having the three midfielders of Chan, uh, Vinaldum, and Henderson, uh, I, I, I think that's the especially in a, the physical aspect of the game. I think that's what Klopp will go for. And if Coutinho is struggling from a physical physicality point of view and because of the, tra- the trip traveling, mm-hmm. I can see Coutinho dropping to the bench and Origi coming in. Uh, and the same three midfielders staying the same. Uh, depending on that that trip back, how it, how it affects them. Uh, I think Firmino is tough enough to, to be able to play. Uh, and the, uh, and, but the doubt will be whether Klopp feels 
Coutinho is, is, is ready enough or sharp enough or does he want him to bring him on as an impact player? Just a second here, please. Uh, there is a report, I believe, by the Echo about Henderson losing the, the battle for, for fitness. Uh, oh. <laughs> so um, I would have preferred that. Henderson to play this game. I think he is out. If you give me a few minutes, I will find that story and confirm it. Well, that does raise a question of, does this pave the way for Marco Gruic into the team? Because obviously he yeah. hasn't played much football. He has been injured. But in terms of sheer physique, you know, he's a tall lad. He's a strong lad. And he's a an energetic and quite attacking midfielder. So perhaps does he replace Adam Lallana in this game? Or is it too early for him? I like I think to bring a youngster in uh, to bring a youngster in the Merseyside derby after being out so injured. Mm. I think it's it'll be a bridge too far. He, a bench option, surely, yes. Deep I yeah. think he'll then, yeah, yeah. Sure. he'll 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 shift for Firmino out wide, bring in Origi, and maybe drop uh, full back uh, behind those three. Yeah, the, the, I just found the, the news piece on on Liverpool Echo. Yeah. It says Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson loses his battle to be fit for the derby. He's been so. out a long time, eh? Mm. So We've missed that, him as well, haven't we? Yeah. What about Milner? What about putting Milner yeah. into midfield and, and playing Moreno? <sighs> Shock Moreno. I, I think a few people have said put Klein at left back and then put Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. Because, you know, he's, he's a youngster, but he is quite an experienced player for Liverpool now, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and he's a very good player as well. We threw him in at Old Trafford, and he did pretty well, so... Yeah, but... Yeah, I, I, like, I like Trent, but I tell you what, if he does that, then Marino's gone in the summer. I think he, people are being overly critical of Moreno. I think every game he played this season, he played very well. I'm a fan. I'm a, you know, Vess, I'm a fan. I think I he should have played are. a hell of a lot more. All right, I, let's I, not talk about Moreno again. Oh, this is boring. I, I just, I just feel that Klopp wants Milner in the side, and he doesn't know where to put him. This might be, this might be an occasion if Henderson is injured. It might be uh, bring, bring, bring Milner in, uh, and and let him play in that number six role. Guys, I don't think Klopp is going to change too many things. You know, he's not one who just suddenly, you know, puts out a weird-looking team, different team than what he's been used to doing. So I think he's going to stick with uh, stick with the usual suspects. I, I like Marco. I think he's really someone that I want to see in the side. Not sure whether this particular game uh, is going to be the best uh, platform for him. I don't know. I think as a youngster, that emotion, oh, it's going to be, it'll, it, it'll be quite an intimidating atmosphere to throw Gruic in for his first game of the season. And it's, on, it's, it's going to be very physical as well. And uh, this guy, he's, 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 he's very good on the ball. He's got, he's got fantastic vision, I'll, I'll say this, okay? He sees, he sees the play. Um, he's very clever. He's, he's very clever. Um, but if this is going to be a physical game, and the last thing we want is for him to get injured again and then, that's going to be another delay in his progress. And, uh, I just want to know, Joe, what do you mean by the usual suspects in midfield, in this case, with both uh, Henderson and Lalana missing? Uh, well, then it's going to... Oof. Yeah. It's Chan and Vinaldo will be there. Yeah, Chan. It's yeah. who partners, who partners our, our those two. What yeah, about Kevin the third? Stewart. Kevin Stewart. 
Oh, that's an interesting one. I suppose that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, we've forgotten about Kevin Stewart, really, haven't we? Me too. I, have. <laughs> I, just don't, I wouldn't like him there. <laughs> he's, he's available, isn't he? He's not injured or anything like that. Yeah, or Lucas, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucas, Lucas can play the defensive well, Lucas, role, yeah. will, Luke, Luke, Lucas will come in before Stewart. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, he will play the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the biggest problem if, if Chanas wants to play that defensive midfield role, it sort of rules Lucas out a little bit. Um, it'll probably be easier to to drop to drop uh, Coutinho back into the, the the number six role, getting forward and uh, bringing a Rigi up front with his physical, his actual speed and physical presence. I think that's probably the most likely one. Yeah, it's putting Coutinho in the midfield, even though obviously it means that we'll lose a little bit of the physicality in the centre. In terms of quality, it's, it, it is the best side we've got if Jordan Henderson and Adam Lalana are unavailable. Uh, both Coutinho and Firmino, Firmino played in the in the game against Paraguay. Um, oh, by the way, um, guys, I like the way you said. Echo rather than echo. <laughs> Sounds so Spanish. Mm. Echo. Echo. <laughs> Liverpool echo. <laughs> Firmino was. We are very... international. We are international <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, Firmino didn't do too much for me uh, in the Paraguay game. He was uh, kind of anonymous uh, in the entire game. It's really a Neymar, Coutinho, Paulinho. Uh, uh, kind of show. Marcelo. And Marcelo, yes, uh, show. Uh, Coutinho, uh, Coutinho and Neymar have this have this telepathic understanding. Uh, just not going to show, not sure how they're going to hold up in terms of their fitness uh, given these uh, uh, this long trip. Um, did, they get did, a, did they get a private plane back? Yeah, they yeah. did. They got one yep. on. Uh, yep. I think last night or the one before. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. thought they flew they flew on United. It's just that they didn't. They couldn't wear leggings. It's the Merseyside Derby and the Liverpool players prepare. Yo, back up now and give a brother room. Fuse this lit and I'm about to go boom. Mercy, mercy, side derby. I'll get to the point. I want all three. <laughs> oh, and yo, let's get one thing clear. There's only one reason why I came here. You really do want me to take it, take it, tell you what's up? Yeah. You really do want me to take it, take it, tell you what's up? Yeah. You really do want me to take it, take it, tell you what's up? Yeah. I came here tonight to hear the crowd go. Boom, 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 shakes a room. Ha ha. Boom, 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 shakes a room. Ha ha. Boom, 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 shakes a room. Ha ha. Kick, kick, kick. Kick, kick, boom. Are you ready for me? Send him off, ref. Are you ready for me? Send him off, ref. Are you ready for me? Send him off, ref. Off you go. Off you go. What a complete buzzer. Fellas, you're all with me. Yeah. I say fellas, you're all with me. Or pushing for fourth place? Ah. Yo, back up now and give a brother room. The fuse is lit and I'm about to go boom. Mercy, mercy, mercy me. Oh, my life was a cage, but on stage I'm free. Hiked up, psyched up, ready for wildin'. Standing in a crowd of girls like an island. I see the one I wanna sit. Come here, cutie. I flip them around and then I work that booty. Work 
for me yet? Pump it up, Prince. Well, yo, are y'all ready for me yet? Pump it up, Prince. Well, yo, are y'all ready for me yet? Pump it up, Prince. Well, here I go, here I go, here I, here I go. Yo, dance in the aisles when the Prince steps to it. The rhyme is a football, y'all, and I went and threw it out in the crowd. And yo, it was a good throw. How do I know? Because the crowd went oh! in response to the way that I was kicking it. Smooth and individual rhymes, always original. Like the Dr. Jekyll, man, and this is my high side. I am the driver, and y'all on a rap ride. So, fellas, yeah. are y'all with me? Yeah. And say, fellas, yeah. are y'all with me? Yeah. Why don't you tell the girls what y'all want to do? You want to ah, 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 ooh. That's right, yo, and I'm in the flow. So, pump up the volume along with the tempo. I want everybody in the house to know I came here tonight to hear the crowd go. But sometimes I get nervous and start to stutter Enough to fumble every word for word I utter So I just try to ch 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 chill But it gets worse if the person still I need to get the crowd to get, get into it They help me calm down and I can get through it So higher, higher, get your hands to the ceiling Let it go, y'all don't fight the feeling Might get a stranglehold, sweat pouring And like Jordan, yo, I'm scoring Yeah, that's right, y'all, and I am in the flow So pump up the volume along with the tempo Many have died trying to stop my show I came here tonight to hear the crowd go 